Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome everyone to Unbuckled, where we are unbuckling today the world of energy work, Reiki, and the magic of birth with our guest, Jasmine Dominique, who is a health and wellness influencer, Reiki master, mental health clinician, doula, childbirth educator, and conscious movement instructor. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. So um, I actually have been, I know you via Instagram and um, and I feel like you were at the Sex Down South conference when I went, no, maybe not. Okay. No, but I would have loved to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, you should definitely look into that if you've never gone. It's definitely, it's an amazing experience. Um, so yeah, one of the things I actually just did my Reiki level one and two. Um, so I'm not a, a master yet. I saw some, some ways to go, but you are a, a Reiki master. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I feel like that's a buzzword that people are hearing more of. Um, so yeah, give us some insight to that. Yeah. So Reiki master, Reiki master is simply someone who is choosing to master themselves first, mm-hmm. right? That is choosing to master their own energy, the way that they utilize energy and the way that they receive energy. And so I, I love that you asked that question because sometimes when people hear master, they're like, oh my God, what? <laughs> no, it's, it's all about mastering yourself. And if you master yourself, your reality, the world around you, your relationships will be a reflection of that. Yes. beautiful. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Mastering yourself first. And so that's very much in line with, you know, I loved your slogan is live beyond the limits because they are merely illusions. I'm like, oh yeah, that's so good. And that is right. We create our reality. We create our life and your energy. I mean, we're just energy. We're, you know, we're happy little water balloons full of (laughs) of electricity. Um, So what is a technique that you um, began to practice on your path of learning to master your yourself first? You know what? The the, the best technique, I think, uh, that I'm, I'm still working on it is just uh, being authentic, you know, the authenticity technique, right? Being honest about my shadows, being honest about my light. And um, really, my goal has been to create a balance in between the, the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the in the church, the black church in the South, and I'm grateful for those roots. They are so much a part of a, uh, of who I am and what I do. But I also know that I need to cultivate balance between all of my archetypes. Right. All my all of my different aspects. And some of those aspects are light and some of them are dark. And so being authentic is um, definitely a perk, I think, of, of, of doing energy work. You know, because you can't hide. We can we can hide and well, we can hide if we choose to, you know, but energy kind of it tells us that, you know, no matter what you do, I see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's yeah. true. It's true. I uh, I was saying that to someone the other day. I was like, man, I like there is no going back once you know your own bullshit and you're yep. like, <laughs> like things that you were in denial of. Like once you you're not in denial anymore and you see it, you're just like, I can't do yeah. that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it, but it's so liberating. Right. It's, oh, it's, it's okay. liberating and it hurts sometimes. It's like, oh, I don't want to see that. Oh gosh, did I do that? Is that how I have been operating for the past 20 years? Oh my goodness. Right. But to see it, I think to be more aware of it, mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a gift. It, 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 it's freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the empowerment on the other side of grief. Like, I, I mean, I think there's, there, you know, at least for me anyway, there was definitely like some, some grieving the, the identities uh, and letting that go to, yeah, to be in that state of freedom. Um, so you've lived in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. Cause that is where you learned a lot about dance and that kind of, would you say helped facilitate the, the conscious movement? Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, Brazil is incredible. The people are incredible. The The terrain is incredible. That The terrain, the earth healed me there. Mm. When I moved to Brazil, I, I have a book. I have so many stories, but I was, I was in love. You know, I was going to marry a Brazilian man. And um, while I was there, he died, you know, in a motorcycle accident. So that was a huge part of my awakening. And then I lived in Salvador, Bahia, Brazil, which is also called Little Africa. Um, and so a lot of descendants from Africa live in this place. So spirituality is just the norm. It's the norm. Spirituality is the norm and sexual sexuality is, is normal. Being sexual is normal there. Um, and so I worked a lot with plant medicines like ayahuasca, uh, hape. I worked with shamans. I received my first Reiki session in Brazil. Uh, I danced and I danced from my spirit. You know, one of my professors that I love so much uh, he looked at me when I was dancing one day and I've been dancing all of my life. And he said, you dance from your head, dance from your heart. Mm. You know, so as I was moving, he could literally see me like counting one, two, three, four. <laughs> and he said, girl, stop that and, and get into your heart and, and into your spirit. So Brazil is definitely a huge part of my foundation. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a beautiful story. So <sighs> I love because I'm very big on, on sexuality and spirituality being united. Um, and so, like you said, you grew up here in, in the Southern churches. Uh, so I imagine that their sexuality and spirituality are pretty divided. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what was that experience like going to Brazil in this place where there is this like you know, the passion and, and the joy of sexuality also with this, these deep spiritual practices of, of like elders that go way back. Yeah, it was, the immersion was incredible. Mm-hmm. I, um, I loved it. It was empowering to embrace my sexuality, to be sexual naturally. I didn't even think about it. You know, everyone there is, is just so sexual and sexy and it's a natural thing mm-hmm. and it's accepted. It's accepted. Mm. And so um, I felt as if I was I was accepted for who I was, which is a sexual being. I mean, I think that we all are where we're born because of that energy. So we can't escape it. You know, it created us. <laughs> so really, I just felt like I was home. <laughs> oh, I love that. I say that to people all the time. I'm like, there would be no life without sex. Like you are mm-hmm. literally the result of a sex life. <laughs> so, so you cannot untangle your sexuality from yourself. It is the reason why you are here. That's it. We wouldn't be here without it. (laughs) It's like you have to reconcile that. And I love what you said about acceptance because I feel like that's a huge part in in self-love and self-compassion and and on the path to self-mastery is that you accept all of these parts of yourself. And yeah, and have you know recognize that our sexuality is a natural element of, of who we are and how we're all here. Yes. <laughs> so, did you notice a shift then in your body in that moment where you're like, okay, I've, I've been dancing from my head and now dancing from your heart? Did you start to feel that change? What did oh that feel like for you? Yeah, yes. Home. Um, home. I, um, I could feel energy just surging through all of my body, you know, because a lot of energy was surging through my head, mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking all the time, you know, focusing on logic all the time and wanting things to make sense. And so the more that I began to to open up my heart and I'm grateful for dance, you know, it helped me to open my heart and the rest followed to literally feel the energy flowing through different parts of my body. And it, it healed me. It healed me and I wanted to tap into those spaces and I wanted to share those spaces with people. And again, in Brazil, it's just normal to do that. Wow. I love that. So what does the conscious movement work um, look like here that you facilitate? Yeah. So just listening, you know, it consists of listening and, and really being present. So not necessarily focusing on a goal. And I think even with sexuality, sometimes here in the United States, the goal is to have an orgasm, right? We're always thinking about the outcome. But conscious movement allows us to be present in the moment and and to listen to our bodies, to give our bodies what we need in those moments, right? So that's conscious movement, conscious living. (laughs) I love that. So good. Um, And so you do 
uh, uh, Riki as a, and I say Riki, but you say Rake. I feel like it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know if it's my bad New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tantra, Tantra. Riki, yeah. Riki. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a practice that you have done for people, but it's also something you facilitate in teaching people. So if someone wants to learn how to better master their energy, um, this is an offering that you have for individuals or small groups where they can learn to tap in. Um, and w- one of the things that fascinated me when I first learned about it was I realized I had been doing pieces of it my whole life. Um, and I used to think of it as Care Bear Stare. So <laughs> I don't know for those of you who are listening or if you're from, a, you know, there's this cartoon in the 80s and the bears would stand in a circle and this beam of light would come out of their bellies and they would like send loving energy to yeah. whatever. Was. And so when I would work with people and do yoga and, and different things, or if somebody I just knew was like having a rough day, I would just like visualize them and see, you know, and then when I started to learn, I was like, oh my God, I've been like, doing this did you have that moment too where you were like oh this has been in my world I just didn't have a language for it yet maybe yes first I want to say that we are soul sisters because (laughs) I utilize the Care Bears to describe how Reiki works I do (laughs) oh my god I love it I do I do but yeah that that's it yeah I have been doing Reiki all of my life Mm -hmm. and I uh, assessed primarily the women in my family and the women in my family, they do Reiki too, you know, mm. whether they're making soul food, preparing soul food or, or picking vegetables from their garden or, you know, I have a great grandmother. I, I didn't meet her, but my uncles told me that she would put her hands on their faces and they would just melt in, into her arms. You know, so I have definitely, um, I feel like I'm a descendant of it. It's nothing new. I am just continuing the legacy. That's it. Yeah. And I think that's the case with so much of this is we just really learn to get out of our own way and get things out of the way that have caused us to doubt these incredible gifts and powers and and this, you know, this deeper spirit that we have that, yeah, it's just like, you can access that. It's been waiting for you to access that and, and show up and, and share it. Um, so one of the things that I love about Reiki is it can be done with no touch. And, and that's a big thing for me. Cause I work with a lot of people who have trauma, um, as I'm sure you do where they don't want to be touched, but they need to get like an energetic massage. Um, so is that something when, did, have you ever found that there's um, a difference for you, hands-on versus hands-off, or you just feel like the energy is the energy and it, it doesn't matter? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I, I feel more connected uh, when I do distance healing. Mm. I do, because you now for me, Reiki is all about intention. And so as long as the intention is there, the energy will do the rest. And that's why I love, one of the main reasons why I love Reiki, it it allows me to say, oh, no pressure, right? I can just be a vessel and trust that God, the Holy Spirit, the Chi, the Prana, the intelligence that created us all, it will do exactly what it needs to do. But I love distance healing because sometimes uh, I think that the body can be a distraction. Mm. You know, the body is full of memories and, and trauma, Right. right. And so sometimes it can create a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when that person is in their world and I'm in my world and we meet energetically, it's just yes. it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, oh, I love that. And what a gift too, especially over the last year where people have had to be further apart to be able to have this, you know, to facilitate and, and offer work that could be done. Yeah. Via, via distant energy. So mm-hmm. One of the things I most wanted to talk to you about um, is is being a doula. Um, and I think because when we talk about sex, I feel like that's a part that often gets left out is, you know, is OK. So, you know, babies and <laughs> and then how does that what does that look like? Because I think here in the Western world, we have a very, like, I had a friend of mine who was pregnant once and she's like, they treat it like you're sick and that's not what's happening. (laughs) 
as opposed to, um, you know, she had traveled and lived all these other places. She's like, yeah, you go to other countries and they do not treat pregnancy like a sickness. Um, and so I'd be interested to hear from you having been in Brazil, what that looked like. And was that one of the starting points for you coming into your doula work? And I guess maybe even backtrack a little bit for our audience members who may not even know and who the word doula might be new to them, like give a little background on what a doula is does sure sure yeah well a doula is is simply someone that supports you know not only the mother but the family the family unit the family system and whatever that family system is for her (laughs) Uh, and so we provide emotional support mental support physical health support spiritual support any type of support that the mother needs and and basically our our goal is to remind her that she is safe she is loved and that she is fully capable of bringing life into this world and so everyone every doula has their own style i'm a mental health clinician a reiki specialist also a dance instructor so i bring those elements Mm -hmm. into the doula support that i offer and uh, I support the family unit. And so my, my, my objective is just to be there, fully present. Um, there have been studies uh, in the past that show that women have successful births when another woman is in the room with her. And so there is an unspoken language that we have <laughs> between one another because of our genetic makeup and our connection to, to the earth and to nature. Mm-hmm. And so our, my goal is to be an advocate when I serve as a doula, but to also be a reminder, you know, that we got this, we were made for it. Um, Oh God. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I got introduced to the concept in my former life. Uh, I worked in film and television and one of the TV shows I worked on, I think it was called bringing home baby. It was like a show that followed the first week or something. Um, and so on one of the episodes, the woman had a doula and I was like, why is this not ever like, why does not ever, this should be mandatory. This should be like, you must have this support person there for you. Whose sole job it is. It's like, cause yeah, she would come in and she would like massage her and make dinner. And she was just like, what do you need to, yeah, like you said, just feel like safe so you can really relax and be in this space. I mean, that's a major thing, bringing another life into this world and to just to feel like somebody's got you while you, you know, um, so I, I love that. And so how, I love how you said, you know, the mental health and, and the, the Reiki work, seeing that come together, right? Because that's so different than looking at it as like, you need to go to a hospital and get this thing out of you, which I think yeah. is like oh, the approach that, you know, especially I feel like you see that in TV and movies a lot of like, get me, get this yeah. thing out of me, you know? Yeah. Um, so bringing that, that divine, like goddess energy into it, do you find um, that women like just take to it? Or do you find that sometimes it's, it's such a foreign thing in this Western world that women are just like, I don't even know what to do with my feminine divine energy. What does that look like? Yeah, it's definitely a journey. It's definitely a journey because my, I I focus a lot on definitely connecting to the body before pregnancy, you know, during pregnancy, connecting to the body, acknowledging, you know, certain parts of the body that need you know, additional care and love and healing, right? Because we want to bring healthy, trauma-free babies into this world. And if she is in a state of shock and trauma, oh, then, then she's going to give that energy to her baby. Um, I had to accept the fact as a woman, I had to accept that I was born into trauma. Like I was born into it because I know my mother's story. I know my mother's history. And so I know her mother's history. So she was born into trauma as well. And so, yeah, when I work, when I work with women and families, I focus a lot on just identifying, you know, patterns of trauma, uh, patterns, parenting patterns, right? And even asking yourself this, what my mom did, is that going to work for me? Yeah. You know, because sometimes people parent frequently, people parent uh, from a program that has been given to them. Yeah. And so my goal is better or worse. Yeah. For better or for worse. But, you know, I, a lot of the times I can see it when it happens, when I'm supporting a family, you know, they'll have these aha moments mm-hmm. and then they remember that they have a choice. Like, yes, you have a choice. 
you can choose, you know, you design what pregnancy will look like for mm-hmm. you. You can choose, you design, you choose what your, what your labor and delivery process will look like. Mm-hmm. You know, you choose uh, what type of family system or, or, or patterns or routines, if you want routines, you choose. You know, so being a doula, I feel it's more so about encouraging women and families to mm-hmm. take their power back and to heal. <laughs> you know, I, I learned that the, the womb holds more memories than the human brain. Wow. <laughs> so the womb is actually the first brain. Right? So if the womb is operating from a, a pattern, a program of trauma, then we will continue to give birth to traumatized children. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve that. Yes. Oh, I feel like there's a whole workshop in there of like healing, like, yes. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's something I've been working on a lot, healing the mother wound and, and in my own and just, and seeing it go back through the generations and just, um, yeah, that, that, that space. And I love something that was in, um, when I was going through your, your website and like reading your blogs and stuff is like, stop hating your vagina and stop yeah. hating other people. And I'm like, man, that is fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. Stop hating that. Stop hating the vagina. You know, the vagina, if we can cultivate life there, it is a creative zone. It's a powerful zone. And I learned growing up in the church and now, I just remember a lot of the messages that were given to me about sexuality and, and being a woman. And I learned how to hate myself. Mm-hmm. I learned how to repress and to suppress my truth. Yeah. And I, I don't want to give children birth to children that that mm-hmm. uh, feel as if they, they are not safe, you know. And, and I want to give birth to children that know that they can be whole and accepted for who they are. Home. Yes. Yeah, womb healing is, is powerful. I learned that um, when your mother, when your mother was in your grandmother's womb, you were actually there mm-hmm. because your mother had all of her eggs when she was in your grandmother's womb. That is a powerful connection. <laughs> yeah, when I learned that, that kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh man, like, yeah. So like you were already developed in that little baby developing in this. And I thought about like, Oh my God. Like it just explained so much about my life and my mother. <laughs> I was like, shit. Like, yeah, I was, I did a lot of energy cord cutting stuff that day. I was like, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the power to choose, you know, I did the same thing. I remember during meditation, I was like, where are my scissors? Snip, snip, cut, you know, but how beautiful is it too that we can also keep, I can also hold on to those very beautiful feminine and divine mysteries that my grandmother passed to me because she does it. She did it, you know, but we have the power to choose. And I think that when we remember that, oh my gosh, we take our power back. Yes. Um, Yes. And you know, it's, I see it a lot with clients and I, and I remember it in myself that moment when I realized that everything that was going right or wrong in my life was based on my choices. And so everything that was going right or wrong in my life was based on my choices. And it was like that moment of like, Oh, but then also like, like you're saying like this empowering freedom, but there definitely was the like, Oh man, like it's all on me. (laughs) No. And then it's like, you know, there is that like, yay, like, that's right. It, It is. It's all about me. Like I, you know, I do, so I can make other choices and, and they don't have to be big choices. And I think that's something that's really huge for me. Um, and I've had to like learn this practice of like making it like it's small things, it's little things. It's, you know, it's like these 30 second things. It's these really simple choices that we make that they build huge change. But I think oftentimes when we have and, and um, when we get back from break, we can dive into this more because I would love to hear from you. If you had that moment too, where you were just like, I'm going to change everything. And like, you just burn everything down and you're like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. So we will get back to that in just a moment. When we return from break, you are listening to unbuckled with me, Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect. We are talking about wellness, sexuality, spirituality with Jasmine Dominique. And you can find Jasmine on Instagram at Jasmine Dominique underscore is love and at www.jasminedominique.com. That's J-A-S-M-I-N-E 
D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. And we'll be back in just a moment. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Christiane Bella, your Intimacy Architect, and you are listening to Unbuckled. And today we are unbuckling more on sexuality, spirituality, and wellness with Riki Master, health clinician, doula, and health and wellness influencer, Jasmine Dominique. Welcome back, Jasmine. Thank you. So right before the break, we were talking about how um, in that epiphany aha moment of realizing you have the power to make new choices in your life. Um, how you go about starting that restructuring process. And I was sharing how for me, I, I went to the like, well, let's burn everything down and start from scratch, which I don't necessarily recommend as the approach. But um, you were saying you had a similar moment of just like, burn it all. Absolutely. I, I lived in Brazil because I wanted to run away. So, <laughs> Brazil, you know, it, it helped me. I was able to disappear for a while and to just get away from the trauma, the dysfunction. I, I, was, I was in a war between everything that I was taught to believe and what it was that I wanted to create. And so I did. I burned it all down in Brazil. But... One thing that ayahuasca taught me is that, you know, you can definitely shift your reality and shape your reality, but you, it's also important to make peace. And so I returned home to my roof because I needed to face my fears Mm -hmm. and be present uh, physically with, with what had been created in my world. And then I began to create shifts in my physical world. So ayahuasca allowed me to create the shifts in my spiritual world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, as above, so below. Yeah. And uh, it was tough. It has been tough. I feel like now things are smoothing yeah. out in my life. But I've been back for five years now. Man, these five years have kicked my ass. Wow. <laughs> wow. Whoa. But it had to. It, it was necessary. Yeah. It was necessary. Yeah. Mm, I love it. I love seeing people on the other side of the dark nights of the soul. And they're just <gasps> like glowing now, you know, with their like radiant, like, yes. <laughs> So, um, let's circle back around to stop hating your vagina. How did you come to that place? Cause like you were saying earlier, you know, there was this influence of, of the church and the religion. Um, and I had a similar, you know, it was like Catholic upbringing, like you, yeah, you just, you know, this with everything, with the idea of my period being this like horrific curse and, and all of these things that I had to like unlearn to honor this magical, amazing vessel that is my feminine body and is my, my womanly organs and all the pieces energetically and, and physically that go with that. Um, and yeah, and learning to, to really love my, my yoni vagina, you know, whatever like term you, you like to use. Um, Cause I know people will get technical and be like, Oh, the vagina is only the inside and the outside is the vulva. And, um, but what what was that moment for you and what did maybe some of the like practices, you know, um, 
that you started to implement to come to that place of, of love for yourself in that way? Yeah, well, Chicago. I lived in Chicago before I moved to Brazil. I lived there for five years. I pursued my graduate study there. And there I was also introduced to spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found this amazing woman by the name of Queen Afua. That's mm-hmm. F-A-F-U-A. And I had the, the pleasure, the opportunity to meet her. And I changed my life after that encounter immediately. You know, she's a high vibrational woman and that's what goddesses do. You meet them one time and then your life is forever changed. Yeah. And so I began to focus more on natural foods, which definitely helped me to connect more with my body. I began to connect more with my womb and the trauma that was stored in my womb. Now, I I learned more about my mother's stories. I learned more about my grandmother's stories and I learned that they experienced a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse. And I think that we choose our parents. And so I knew that I, cho- I, I, I had chosen them because I, I needed to heal and help other women to do mm-hmm. the same. And I began to masturbate more. Yeah. And I began to send that energy to where the trauma was stored in my body. And it was life changing. I began to focus more on my breath. <laughs> I, I actually sat with my breath. And I could feel the breath moving throughout different parts of my body. And it opened me up. It opened me up. I began to embrace the sensations that I felt when I was around an attractive man. Like I embraced it instead of you know, pushing it away or thinking that it was bad. I embraced it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I did that, I, I became uh, more, more, I guess, my relationship with pleasure mm-hmm. was, was and healed first and enhanced. (laughs) It's so important because I get so many people are like, I want to have a better sex life. And I'm like, you need to heal all the stuff that you have disassociated from. And like, you need to like integrate that. You can't just like poof, have a better sex life. Like, you know, whatever reason why you don't feel like your sex life is satisfying now has nothing to do. Odds are like 90% of it has nothing to do with that other person you're having sex with and everything to do with how you are with your body. Um, and that's the part everyone wants to just skip over. They're just like, no, just make my partner know how to eat me out better. And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work. Like I can teach people all the tricks, but it's, it's an inside job. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, it's all rooted. It's connected to pleasure knowing how to give that to yourself first. Mm -hmm. I I think it's important for us to cultivate a sexual relationship with ourselves first through, Mm -hmm. through touch and not necessarily masturbation. Masturbation is great, but just touch in general. So learning how, learn how to caress your skin, you know, connect with your, your hot spots, (laughs) find your hot spots, you know, do things that, that, that bring pleasure into your life. And for some people that's going outside to, you know, sit under the sun, you know, for some that's reading a book, right. Reconnect with pleasure and what that means for you. Right. I feel sometimes I think that partners feel so much pressure Mm -hmm. to please their partner or to make their partner happy. But when you're giving that to yourself first, your partner wants to do that. It's easy for them. (laughs) Yeah, because I love to. And again, like get on her website, read her blogs. They are awesome. There's a whole one on pour from a full cup. And that is like, you know, I think permission, giving yourself permission to have pleasure, right? That's, I think, unraveling this idea that pleasure is somehow selfish or indulgent or, you know, all of this like sort of shadow side we have that blocks us from receiving pleasure in the first place. And then, yeah, learning how to give that to yourself so that your cup is full. And then, like you were saying, like it's enhancing, it's not filling in, you know, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, we need to stop outsourcing our self-love. Like we, we try to outsource it to people and like delegate it. And it's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> this is, like, this is your true. job. Personal responsibility. Oh my gosh. Oh, and that ties it all together. The, 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 the purpose of the work that I do, the ultimate purpose is to uh, encourage people to take responsibility for their lives. 
<laughs> and for what it is that they're creating in different aspects and areas of their lives. That's it. Take responsibility and, and ownership for what it is that you want. You know, and, and then we codependent relationships are not needed. Marriages will be happy, you know, relationships, friendships will be powerful and healthy when we are taking personal responsibility first. Mm-hmm. And it's oh. a gift. I think, you know, personal responsibility is a gift. It's not like this burden that I feel like that, you know, that was how initially adulting, you know, or responsibility was taught to me. It was like, oh, you have to get a job and you have to do these things and you have, it's like, no, I get to, this is an opportunity. I get to be with myself. I get to see that my choices have power and impact. I get to see that, you know, I'm the piece behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so embracing that, I think is, is such a big part of, of allowing it to become this pleasurable act that you enjoy making choices and you enjoy, you know, how you're taking care of yourself. So your sex life, I would imagine has evolved a lot over the years then from being in that space of of church and then these like awakenings in Brazil. And how have you found kind of that balance um, from where, what you were taught and and what you've learned along the way um, to just really, because I'll, I'll say this, when I first started to awaken my sexuality, like the pendulum swung in a direction where just like, I was like, I'll fuck anything that moved. <laughs> so I'm curious if you also had this moment of like, that's um, like, that's right. My sexuality is powerful. And then you had to kind of find that like ebb and flow where, you know, you were just flinging power everywhere. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh. I embraced it. Uh, I say it was, I, I had a whole phase and hope is a, I love the word hope. You know, it's, it reminds me of freedom and liberation, but I definitely explored my sexuality with amazing people. I had a really good experience. Uh, well, really good experiences when I was exploring and I embraced it all. I embraced it all. And I was embraced by amazing men that embraced my freedom. Mm. Uh, so that helped, you know, they weren't trying to keep me in a box or make me their own. Right. They knew that I was discovering myself. I always made that very clear. And um, I'm very fortunate. And I even saying this now, this is the first time I was very fortunate to have partners that embraced my freedom and loved me for me. And uh, even now, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for polyamory. Mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for open relationships. I think that the inner child inside of us will always, you know, seek and need to explore even through sexuality. And so uh, I I embrace that to the fullest. And I don't think that my whole phase, I have balanced it all out a bit. You know, I'm not out here going crazy. Um, But I think that the the, the wholeness Mm -hmm. (laughs) will always be a part Mm -hmm. of who I am because I know that I have the freedom to explore that if I have a connection to or with someone, mm-hmm. a sexual connection, I know that it's also a spiritual connection mm-hmm. and I have the right to explore that. Yeah. Oh. I love that. <laughs> I love what you were talking earlier about using like tapping into the, the power of your self-pleasure when you're masturbating and, and seeing and feeling it go to parts of your body that needed healing Um, Is that something you just like intuitively did or was that something that you, again, kind of like learned along your path and and just like found for yourself? What did that look like for you? Well, it was it was intuitive. It was intuitive. It was intuitive. Almost like my heart was telling me um, that's what I did. Thank you. You're helping me to put this all together. I learned how to embrace sexuality from my heart space Mm -hmm. and not my head space. Mm -hmm. And so the more that I began to tap into my heart, the more that I, I I received direction. It was intuitive direction. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then you trust it, right. And you play with it. And I think that's such a big piece of our sexuality is this playful, you know, inner child exploration, the innocence, the curiosity, um, and just going in with like the sense of wonder to discover, 
because your body's constantly changing and, and just to see like, okay, well now what feels good. Now, what do I like now? What happens when I think about this or I touch myself this way or yeah, to just keep like you know, having, having fun with the, the not knowing, um, which I think is, you know, is challenging. Cause like you were saying earlier, we're so goal orientated. So if we're like, oh, I figured out this way to make you have an orgasm and we get like fixated on this one technique and it's like, man, that gets played out. Like you need yeah. to like, keep learning. What are the new things about yourself and your partner? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I say I have dated men in the past that were obsessed with my orgasm. You know, almost like their identity, it, their identity was connected to my orgasm. Mm -hmm. But when I'm intimate with my partner or partners now, I don't want them to focus on me. Like focus on yourself when we're intimate and naturally <laughs> that pleasure will, will bind us. It will connect us. So that makes a difference. Oh, absolutely. Because mm -hmm. then there's this pressure on you to perform. And if I have to perform and I'm not having an authentic, orgasmic, pleasurable experience, I'm putting on a show, you know, and it's like, and I've worked as a dominatrix. I'm happy to put on a show and like, you know, do the thing. But <laughs> if I'm just trying to really enjoy myself and, and connect with, with a partner or partners, then yeah, like, I don't want to like, you know, make this about your ego feeling stroked because yeah yeah no pressure you know <laughs> no pressure it just yeah. creates this uncomfortable feeling during intimacy and I think you know when we're in the world when we're tapping into different roles and responsibilities sometimes we become that person Mm -hmm. I, I'm getting to a place in my life where I, I, I feel really comfortable, honestly saying that what you see is what you get, but it's, that's not always the case. So when I'm with my partner in the bedroom, I want to be me. I want to let all of the responsibility, the roles, the pressure go. Mm -hmm. And I want to be fully present. And I want my partner, like I want my partner to know that they deserve to be fully present and authentic mm -hmm. with me. And I, I will not judge. I accept you as you are. Come as you are. Um. It is it is a vital key, you know, judgment, just like nothing kills your sexuality more than judgment. Because with that is like the shame, the guilt, it's all under that judgment umbrella. And that's where you start to detach and separate from yourself. And, you know, it's like, you're not going to have this deep, full body orgasm if you've alienated your inner child and your teenage self and your whore self and your you know all these parts that you're like judging and you like you can't you you put too much of you offline to really have that experience so it's like you got to bring everybody back in <laughs> and you have to do that when you're not judging them when you're like oh I love you I love even the most crazy messed up wild part of me that doesn't make sense. I love, I love you. Yeah. Oh gosh. And, and for that, for you, the authentic you to be embraced. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's incredible. It's an incredible feeling. And I, I hope that everyone experiences that you know, to be your full self and to bring who you want to bring to the bedroom. Like that's another thing I grew up learning, uh, that you have to be this type, this person in the bedroom, you know, and, and to, to shift outside of that person is not a good thing or to be anything else other than that person in the bedroom is not a good thing. I learned to please the man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I learned that my role, my role and responsibility was to be pregnant and to have babies. So why does he receive all of the pleasure? Like, what about, <laughs> that's what I asked myself later in life. Like, why does, what about my pleasure? I want to feel good too. Oh, yeah. And so what was the conversations when you first started claiming that and you were with partners, were you having that conversation to say, you know, my, I'm prioritizing my pleasure or was it just something that unfolded for you naturally? It definitely unfolded. I think that all of my partners have definitely been a reflection of who I was at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
all of my partners. And that's why I'm not, even if it didn't work out, I'm not mad at them Mm -hmm. because they were my reflections. Mm -hmm. You know, we attracted, we found each other for a a purpose, a reason. Uh, But through the reflections, I have been able to see my growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now my partner, like the partners that I attract, whether it's, it's the sexual relationship or not, they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they are proof that I have done the work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's so true. You know, we we really, and that's why it begins with you. So you know, <laughs> when people come and they're like. Oh, I'm having problems. It's like, no, the problem you're having is not with the partner. It's with you go and do your stuff. And you'll either realize that this is not the partner for you anymore, or you'll stop being annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no. And I love what you said about that, that, you know, it's like people come in for certain cycles, certain lessons, right? This idea that like, if you meet someone and you're connected to them and there's sexual attraction or there's love or whatever that is, that like somehow the story that society gives us that you should go like mate for life with this person. And it's like, no, like there was maybe just that, that thing, like this month, this week, this lesson that we were supposed to teach each other and we did our work and we got to go now. We got to like <laughs> on to the next one. Um, so I love that you see that. And, and, you know, I think that's just such an important piece to not get stuck on when we connect with someone to think like, this is the one it's like, no, there's, you know, there is a lot out there for us to learn and explore. Um, even if polyamory isn't the way you go about doing it, just to know that, yeah, like, you know, just give, give yourself some breathing room. Maybe don't. <laughs> freedom. It is okay to be free, even within mm-hmm. our relationship. That's unconditional love. In my opinion, you know, unconditional love doesn't, I, I learned that unconditional love meant that I, I, I had to sacrifice mm-hmm. and, and do whatever I had to do to make sure that this person knew how much I loved them, even at my own expense. <laughs> and then I discovered that unconditional love, it, it means freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and if my partner says to me, hey, I don't want this anymore. This is not where I'm supposed to be anymore. Okay, I love you anyway. Go out and be free and live your life. it's huge when and that starts because you love yourself right because then there isn't I'm losing anything it's like no I still got me this was something that enhanced my life and it'll go do whatever and and new things will come in to enhance my life because that's you know I'm making room for it because this person's leaving (laughs) not let me go chase this person down and convince them to stay because I don't I'm afraid I'm not lovable if they leave yeah yeah, it's just oh man, huge game changer in, in, in how you approach life. So um I don't I know we only have a few minutes left and this might be too big of a thing to dive into, but um being a person of color and working in mental mental health, do you feel like that's something that is becoming more prevalent amongst um other cultures because I I feel like and I'll definitely own this, like, you know, I've often felt like, okay, I have the privilege of getting to like work on myself and do therapy that not everybody has the, the, the privilege just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this week off because I need some me time and like, I need to find myself. And, um, and so are you obviously, you know, it's an important part of your life. Has it been a big piece for you to, to show up and, and encourage other people of color to say like the prioritizing your mental health and your yourself and not being a martyr to your family and like really you know what does that look like to try to show up in that space yeah it's so important to me uh the way that I live my life it's it's not only for me (laughs) it's not for me I I I live my life and and share my life because I want to inspire people Mm -hmm. you know I have a story I I have a story statistically I should not be having this type of conversation with you. Statistically, I should be dead or behind prison bars. Mm -hmm. So I live my life in the manner that I do to show other people that you can change and shift your reality. And for the African-American community, um, I, I think it's important for us to see these type of images because I grew up thinking that I didn't have access, you know, to a pleasurable lifestyle. I I was reared and raised to survive 
And now I know what the root of that is. A lot of it is definitely attributed to slavery and patterns and belief systems that were cultivated because of slavery. But, you know, my hope, my aim is to inspire people and to show people that you have the power to choose your reality. You know, physical slavery um, it left some 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 debris and damage, but it was a mental it was mental you know, slavery as well. Um, and and I'm working still to shift those paradigms, to break those paradigms, so that people can liberate themselves, not only physically but mentally too. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on that. Um, but I I just did want to like put that out there because I think it's so important, you know, for people often when they go out and they're trying to find mental, mental health specialists, like you want someone who can speak to you from where you are. Um, and yeah. so I want people to know that you are out there, um, an incredibly brilliant, uh, black woman, you know, person of color out there, like really showing up, holding that space. And so, you know, if, if there's support that you need, um, here is how you can find the amazing Jasmine Dominique. You can find her on her website, jasminedominique.com and also on Instagram, jasminedominique underscore is love on Instagram. And you certainly are love. Oh my God. I just feel all the good juicy mojo just like bouncing off the screen from you. Um, so thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this conversation. Do you have any last little thought you want to leave our listeners with? Wow. Well, I want to thank you for creating such an amazing platform uh, to spread awareness and, and love and empowerment. I feel it. I am embracing it. So thank you. I, I just I encourage us all to embrace love. You know, we might have different backgrounds. We do. We have different backgrounds and experiences and stories, but uh, we all share common energy. We all share the Holy Spirit, the Chi, the Prana. And um, when we leave these physical bodies, that's what we'll have, mm-hmm. <laughs> that common denominator. Yeah. You know? So yeah. just continue to embrace love. And I love you all. Oh. <laughs> love that. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I'm Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect. And you've been listening to Unbuckled with our guest, Jasmine, Domin- Jasmine Dominique. Woo! Got me all in the love zone. I'm forgetting my words. (laughs) Jasmine Dominique. And it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.